0: Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings, and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your somewhat regular co-hosts, although I've been gone for the past few weeks. This is Dave Gurney speaking, and I'm here with the guy who was holding the fort down the entire time
1: I was absent. All is well in the world now, man.
0: <laughs> is that how it feels? Yeah, <laughs> okay, it's been
1: ahead. weird. It's been weird. <laughs> uh, in case this is your first episode or you haven't listened in a while, David, you've been gone for almost a month. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I wasn't
0: away that long, but just given how we record right. stuff and uh, it, it all kind of worked out that way. But uh, it's been fun to listen from afar, I will definitely on after hours fill in our loyal listeners and uh, Patreon subscribers yeah. on what that whole experience was like for me hearing some of the first
1: episodes I ever had uh, without me With as part of it. With you not being in them. This, the after hours is going to after hours. By the way, is our uh, subscription only extra bonus episode. We do it every week. afterhours.patreon.com hours. slash beer and a movie podcast. And I'll be adding a list during the show, but this is what I got on there, right? What you just said, yeah. what it was like to listen. Your main trip, I want to hear all about it. Sure. I just took a trip that I want to tell you some stories Need from. Need yeah. Uh, I ran into you at before today yeah. at a concert. That's right. And Oppenheimer came up and you just <laughs> shotgun barreled two <laughs> barrels at me of how we were absolutely incorrect. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> the death of Paul Rubens, the Death of Billy Friedkin, uh, and then some TV show that we've been up to and other movies that we've seen. It's gonna be a long one probably well, I, ho- hopefully our our guest here is going to yes. accommodate all that which by the way, we should introduce our I'm our going to do, do that right now. Uh, this is a first, David. What's about to happen is a first ever on the show. Our guest is a local musical legend. He has got a band that I hope will tell us all about uh, left-handed knives. And oh, wait, oh, let me introduce him. It's Tyler Krobozinski. Oh, great
2: pronunciation on that.
1: Was that, did I, he get that? I was going to ask. So I, I know yes. At the Love same it. concert, I right. ran into Tyler, who we put it all together that I know your dad. Yeah. And your, your dad's, dad's a young looking dude. I could not believe that he had a son your age. So what happens when you have a kid at 18. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> David, here is the first. We have never had a beer that is named after... A guest, but I went to B&J's today and picked up a growler of Left Handed Knives IPA. So as we get this poured into our glasses, Tyler, tell us a little about you. You're a first timer here, the band. And how the
2: hell did you get a beer named after you? (laughs) I want that. I want that. Beer in a movie, B&J's. Hello. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here's a little known secret. The band's named after the beer, which is the really is the best way to go about it. If you want a beer named after you, just just flip that in reverse. It. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, the, me and it's a, we are in a local pop punk '90s skate punk style band. The name Left Handed Knives. We've all been servers and, and bartenders. I don't know if y'all have been, but there, there was a common joke in most of the restaurants I worked at that was, "You have a new hire in the kitchen." They say, uh, they go tell them, Hey, go grab one of the left-handed knives from the back. And <laughs> no, no such thing exists. It's a, it's absurdity, which we thought was kind of fun and wanted to name our band after something like that and took it from there. But B and j has absolutely embraced us. Um, and we have like our faces on some of the cans. Uh, we play there twice a year normally. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's pretty cool. And did you say that this is a base beer for some variants as well? Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've done, um, like a blood orange one. We've done a mango. We've done. I think we tried to do a CBD infused one. I don't know whether if that one came to fruition or not. There's like law TABC. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say laws. TABC probably got involved. Yeah, in there was something about that. I know we tasted it. I don't know if it ever went out. But yeah, yeah. But so we do that normally when we do the the biannual shows, uh, they'll do a uh, specific flavor for us. Well, I
1: ran over to B and J's. They have they were we've talked about them on the show. This is the fourth time we've had a beer of theirs on the show, mm. and they were. The granddaddies of imported beer, oh, craft sure. beer here in town. So this is, I mean, this is kind of an honor. But I, I now that you've explained it, it's less. So, listen, <laughs> I don't know a lot about the beer except that it's an IPA because I, I, you know, I can't go to a website to find you know,
2: anything about the no, brewing style or not. Not particularly. Um, I knew, I do know that they got a new brewmaster four months ago. Uh-huh. Ryan, he's Ryan, a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, he worked very closely with the previous one and with us, the, the first. A batch of it We tasted it All along the way And kind of gave him notes So this new Ish version of it Really is kind of More of our baby This time Oh We've it's badass Yeah it's good. it's been fun
1: Well uh, Ryan Gave us this beer Courtesy Because I oh. told him The story oh, uh, That we would be doing It on the show today So if cool. you Live near us Get over to B&J's And try it It's on tap right now And if you oh, don't And make it down to us Get over to B&J's And Super try cool. their stuff Is Ryan the one Who had worked For
0: Oscar Blues For a time or was that the guy before him? I don't know. I, I, no, I, no, I'm but, gonna edit this out because I should know the
1: answer. Like I'm kidding. Well, I'm not no, because I I did meet I one so. of the B
0: and J's brewers yeah. fairly recently, a couple months ago. I want to say it was within the last four months. I think he was down at Art Walk, kind of oh, yeah. pouring samples. If he was, was at that Art Walk, him. It was him. Okay, and. Yeah. I thought the beer he was pouring was excellent, and he had spent a considerable time working for Oscar Blues up in Austin. That's right. right.
1: All right, I'm writing down local beer talk onto our (laughs) after-hours list because (laughs) I've got got big thoughts about B&Js and what I'm going to call their increasing game. I just got to say, this growler is like... So
0: cool. I've I've never seen a growler with this kind of, like, l- I love the metal. I love the, yeah. uh, what, what
1: do we call this? The Grolsch it's type a cap? 60, the, yeah, a Grolsch type cap. Yeah. It's a 64 ounce stainless. Uh, Whew, I bought it today. <laughs> okay, so here's my plan. What do you guys think? We're going to review this beer at the end of the show. Right, right. Sounds good. And we're going to go ahead and open a second beer, which can sometimes cause problems because you just can't help but compare it when you're drinking two right. things. But it is an IPA. Um, do you mind if I talk about this one, David? Please. Uh, last week, Ingenious eclipsed Jester King for the most drank brewery on beer in a movie. And they're going. their lead is about to go up by one. Because <laughs> we're going to do another Ingenious, but we have to. Y- you couldn't pass this out. No, this is uh, one of the most perfect pairings we've ever done. This is the double dry hopped Hazy India Pale Ale. Mutagen? How do you pronounce this mutagen. word? Mutagen. Mutagen. Right? That's, right. that's, yeah, how mutagen. They say that's what important. I would say. Yeah. That the logo is clearly influenced by the Teenage Mutant oh, Ninja, sure. Ninja Turtles right. logo, yeah. and there are baby turtles and green ooze uh, on the can art. It's an 8.2. Don't, don't come after them, Nickelodeon, please. No, please. <laughs> Leave them alone. Um, this is a juicy New England style oat cream, double IPA, brewed and double dry hopped with citra, Equinot and Vic secret hops i hope i pronounced the second one yeah Yeah, you cannot or what yeah but david i'm so glad you're back tell us what tell us what tell us what an oat cream
0: ipa is please well they're just adding oats into the malt bill here so it's going to make it probably give it a little more sweetness a little more body hopefully and that's kind of i mean you can imagine if they're going for mutagen right it's this ooze it's Let's hope they didn't get all the way to slime consistency, mm-hmm. but it's it should be, I think, a heavier, uh, you know, sort of more substantial mouth. Probably feel. a smoother texture, I yeah, imagine, though, th- t- than t-tose. your typical like lighter IPA. Exciting, Joe. This, th- yeah, I, I was so cheers, you, man. Welcome yeah, home. Yeah, cheers when you uh, sent that picture there on our little chat. I think you put that out to some of the listeners too, right? I did. Kind of saying what what beer
1: should I be getting? Were you just doing that to tease us with? the No, perf- I found myself in Houston. Yeah. Uh, with a, which means I'm in a market that we don't all live in locally. So I asked the local guys that listen to Beer in a Movie on a thing that we do. Uh, Here's pictures of things that are available in Houston. What do you want me to get? And of course, I was going to get this already, but that was get that one for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is the first film this week. Yes, yeah, so. Here we are, right?
0: 2023. Can you believe it? It's been 40 years that we've lived with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, properly speaking, 84 was when the first comic was published, right. but they were sketching the idea and they were they were getting it ready. But th- this is a property that's been around for four decades. And here we have the latest iteration coming to us, the seventh feature length film that's been released to theaters out of the Ninja Turtles universe or whatever we're going to call that. But
1: no Corey Feldman. <laughs> not this
0: time, right? He, he was there for that first one. But here we have the film is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon mutant mayhem. Um, what we have is a reimagining of the turtles as with many of the iterations. Not Not all the films have led into each other as sequels, but a few have. This one starts a new telling of the story. And here we have the same sort of beats that you would have in the typical Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story where you have young baby turtles that are exposed to a goo-like substance that has properties that cause them to mutate. And then the story goes, they end up linking up with a wise rat who's also mutated into it or a person who's mutated into a rat. Depends on w- which telling you get. But here it's a rat that's been mutated um, as their father figure named Splinter. Mm-hmm trains them voiced by in this case jackie chan fucking <laughs> i love that so <laughs> uh, good That's yeah great. we can talk about the voice cast sure. in general later it's, it's stacked there, there's some great performances in there but jackie chan is, is definitely chief among them in this version of the turtle story splinter is very overprotective um, and has great fear of humans feels that humans are only going to try to kill them or, you know, uh, put them in labs, milk them actually is what he's most Mm -hmm. fearful of. Um, and, And so keeps them in. But of course, these turtles, as they reach their teenage years, are yearning to establish themselves and make contact with the human world. They're fascinated by the human world. They love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> I love that. was so,
1: all the, okay, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so this summary is getting long, but the Turtles want to find a way to break out. They end up meeting a young school journalist, uh, a high school journalist named April O'Neill. Um, they hope that maybe with her help, they're going to be able to tell their story as heroes when they realize that they may have a chance at stopping uh, another mutant named Superfly who is stealing various technology devices, technological devices throughout the city, supposedly or, or purportedly working on some kind of massive weapon or mm-hmm. something that's going to be able to take out the city. So if they can help save the city from that and prove themselves, maybe they'll be accepted. Maybe they'll be able to prove their father's uh, fear of humans wrong and they can all be embraced by the world around them. Does it happen? You got to watch Mutant Mayhem to find out. And we did.
1: I would never ask a rock star his age, but I will ask this of you, Tyler.
2: <laughs> Were you a mutant ninja person? Oh yeah, I, I was actually pretty stoked that this is the inaugural podcast for me to be on for this because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I love this is an IP that I'm like really familiar with that I really yeah. like. Going back to the you know original live action ones, and I've seen like you know you said it was the seventh feature length film, but there's like twenty three kind of like movies that are out there of them with different versions and yeah. crossovers and things like that. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is what I was happy about.
1: The animated series on TV came out in 87, Yeah, which puts me at 15, Okay, which kind of puts it in my sweet spot. But, you think so? But I was going to ask you that. I, well, I for was reasons worried. unknown, yeah. I remember the tidal wave. I mean, it yeah. came on hard uh-huh. with the cowabunga and the pizza and the tie-ins to products and the commercials, endless commercials. Yeah. But I skipped this. I, I, I might have seen the first movie in the theater that was nine but i don't remember yeah. if i did i yeah. would have been a senior in high school so uh-huh. i can't remember if i did but me and my friends weren't ninja turtle people so yeah. in large part this is kind of an introduction not an introduction because clearly they, i know well, but at some point I, w- I would have to imagine with
0: hunter and savannah they must have encountered some of those because nickelodeon since they've had it sure. they've had a couple different versions on i'm sure they did yeah well i was prime age for Ninja Turtle Mania mm-hmm. to hit me in 1987, uh, I was probably eight or nine wh- when when I first became aware. I mean, come on. Yeah. The, this is like, Cowabunga. that was perfect timing. Absolutely. Yeah. Had the figures, many of them, not all of them. You, I don't uh, know if I, either of you I caught did. it at the Alamo, but they had a lot of commercials and they were almost all toy commercials. Yeah, And oh Non-stop. my gosh, you forget how many iterations of those figures they were putting well, out.
1: Okay. So I learned in the research that the comic book came first, of course, yeah. and then the toy line came. Before they even had all the. Right. Yeah. And then the television show was really just to sell yeah. more toys. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, they sold a billion $1. – $1.1 $1 billion worth of Ninja toys between 88 and 92. The That's third crazy. best-selling toy figures ever at the time. Yeah. That's a lot of money.
0: So, I was right there in the mix, and I was buying – the or getting my parents to buy me those. Yeah. Um, And furthermore, this is kind of a funny connection. I'm from a town called Westbrook, Maine. I've mentioned it on the podcast a couple times. My, I'm a Westbrook third bag. Uh, right. And Kevin Eastman – is also from Westbrook, Maine. That's oh. his hometown. So oh, it's one of our very it, like him and Rudy Valley are the two like celebrities of a sort that in media, at least in entertainment culture. Well, here in Corpus Christi, we have Dabney Coleman, yeah, Farrah Fawcett, Farrah Fawcett, and oh, Selena, the Queen. Yeah, yeah. Abso- oh. absolutely. But it, it is funny how how uh, how widely Selena travels. Farrah Fawcett is is not holding up. I was actually having conversations recently uh, with younger people. They had no idea who she was. She, her, her legacy is, well, you know. I mean, shame. So we're getting off track yes. a little bit, but this was, I was just about so in the heart. And so it's hard for me, like, I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you know what I think about the film here in a minute, but even before I get to saying, it, I just want to say, like, I really tried my best to
2: factor in nostalgia and how I was viewing this film. I imagine. I was in the same, but I mean, I was sold before I got there. It was the kind of thing. Like not so much on like this iteration of it, but just the idea of like, I'm going to go see the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. That's, that's yeah. something I to do. Did you do it with the Michael Bay ones though? <laughs> I saw those. I did not see those in theaters, okay. but uh, no, it was for whatever reason I was turned off more to those. So
0: what, so what was it that made you feel like this one had more potential to be uh, positive uh, Satisfying
2: okay. Turtle experience so The They're called The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Right Every other movie is hit. Obviously they hit the turtles um, They hit the mutant Mutants there Okay It's gotta be But the teenager Doesn't really get hit Michael Bay Turtles They're in their 30s-ish You know Like <laughs> That's not This did a really good job I think of Of hitting the teenage I mean they hit the mutant Probably harder than any other version yeah, of this yeah. I've ever seen too. Mm-hmm. Um, the ninja, of course. And like, so that's what I was excited about. I saw actually what I had originally saw the trailer and whatever I saw online was that they were going to be in high school. And I thought, okay, that's kind of fresh because normally with, you know, a version of these movies come out every two years, we got to hit the sewers, we got to hit the pizza, we got to hit splinter. Yeah. So I was like, I thought, kind of thought maybe it's going to be taking like a spider verse idea where it's like, you know, in the Spider-Verse, Peter Parker's dead. We don't know anything about this character. The the rules are gone. Right. And so that's kind of what I was hoping for with this. Um, it seems like maybe that's where they're going to go in the future with this version of it. Um, so that was kind of my only like letdown. Okay. But but that's also kind of what got me there as well.
0: Well, I didn't even realize how hard they were leaning into the teenage thing um, as you did, which I should have. I think now that I think back on the trailer, I should have that should have dawned on me. But it certainly did as I was watching the feature, where I felt like, oh, this is kind of cool that they're actually making that an, an integral element to. I mean, this is really kind of a coming of age film as much as it's a,
2: an action comedy right. film. What I really like too is that two of the turtles' voices haven't even dropped yet. Like, yeah, as yeah. like you don't. We normally get people playing young. We don't mm-hmm. actually get young people. Yeah. and I think that's, I mean, if they're going to try to have this be something that gets a sequel, um, yeah, that's gonna it, be, they already have it, yeah. That's what I figured. Been greenlit, but and like, well,
0: and yeah, and, and I mean, keeping Shredder out of this one until the very end, I mm-hmm. mean, it's spoilers, yeah. films, right? Uh, you know, that they had to think it was a pretty strong likelihood that this would be continued
1: for I a think second, also film on movies. the heels of Spider Man, right? yeah, uh, multi, oh. multiverse, because the first thing that I noted in the trailer and in the film is this animation style yeah. that is another step away um, on a mass, you know, a mass distributed film with Spider-Man multiverse being the first one, the first two of moving away from that, you know, Disney led. Right. Pixar is another, you know, yeah. cousin of it. This is gritty and almost like incomplete. at Right. Uh, but 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 artfully, uh, you know, set to be that way. The idea that there's just like squiggle lines and doodles a lot of times in explosions or smoke. I I really loved it. It captivated me, the animation style of this film from the very first from the trailer. But in, in the film, definitely, I was never distracted. I thought it was really
2: interesting. What I, I was going to say about the trailer, when I saw the trailer, I felt the same way. But I also wasn't sure if that was going to. If that was going to sustain me for a whole movie, because yeah. there were parts of it that I was like, well, you know, who knows? But yeah, I really, I liked it a lot too. I mean, the modeling almost had like a claymation element to it yeah. at like certain points. yeah, And yeah, I really liked very much in the vein of like the Spider-Verse or I have two young kids. I don't know if y'all saw the new Puss in Boots. Yes, um, no, but did. I but it had did. But good things. Yeah. There, there's some pieces of that that have like kind of. Experimental animation as yeah, well, and yeah. I thought, okay, if this is like the trend for the next decade or so, I'm I'm kind of cool. Well,
0: with I think people are figuring out. Like, they they went and this will actually connect to something. I'm I'm hoping to bring up when we talk about the next film, because mm-hmm. um, because I definitely have thoughts on the style in on that one. But it does feel like we've been on this trajectory where we're trying to go towards this like smooth perfect finish look of a pixar film dreamworks kind of does the same thing in ge- illumination like they're all kind of going for the same kind of sheen, glossy sheen to to their characters sure. and, all that. and to see spider-verse to see this to see you know put some boots some others like really kind of playing around a little bit more it it it's like a sigh it's a, a breath of fresh air i wasn't gonna say a sigh of relief a breath of fresh air it, it's just You're breathing. thank goodness well because pixar's kind of i mean i don't know if either of you guys saw elemental Mm-mm. i thought it was pretty good like as a film i i didn't really have problems with the story as much but i find i'm just not as swept up by these films because i've almost become like anesthetized
1: yeah, it's, to, right. it's to just, the look of them they they, they become in the promotion Very formulaic. Yeah. Rather than toys, we're going to have the elements, or we're going to have emotions, or we're going to have... You know, and then sometimes they'll do a Brave, where it's a human story. Right. But, um... Yeah, I have not caught the last mm. three or four Pixar films, and you're and
0: you're probably not missing a whole. And once lot. upon
1: a time, I
0: could never have imagined uh, sure. missing one. Yeah, you know. So I, I agree with you guys. I, I think the style here is definitely a, a strength. That to me, this was visually compelling, and I agree with you, Tyler. There were moments where the the three D of it actually took on that kind of like it looked like um, you know clay or right. or, or something in yeah. there, and it it was really kind of a neat look. I
1: accidentally bought tickets to a. Re-
0: 3D screening, really with, with the glasses. Oh, we did too. You know what? I I I did it. Knowing I didn't mean it, to, but it was just the time worked out that uh-huh, way. Right. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. I, it didn't add. I, I don't. I thought it was okay. Yeah. It, I I wasn't like, oh, I needed to see this in 3D, but I thought it was fine. You know, um, th- to me, th- one of the big things that stood out right away, also the score for this. Well, score oh, and on. soundtrack. Trent Reznor, yeah. T- Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross. Right. It, it, some really cool. Like there was some. Almost industrial sounding stuff. Yeah, and, there, yeah. and then I was like, who is doing the score? And then I, you know, at the credits, I'm like, oh, of course, <laughs> it's Trent Reznor. And well, you say, of
1: course, but a PG-13 animated film? Does no, you, it doesn't. Not of course, at all. Well, Trent Reznor, he's doing R-rated material. Yeah. S- social network. I, that, I, I don't yeah. mean to say, a, you know, um, adult or it's pornographic. Him, it's just, yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, he does R-rated serious films with David Fincher and the like. Yeah. This seems
0: but it totally worked. And also the focus the heavy focus on east coast hip
2: hop, especially New York, yeah. but I think east coast in general, the needle drops in this but were great. I think that's going back to what worked in Spider-Verse cuz like yeah, there, there is an yeah. element of like I don't know I'm not saying they're just flat out trying right, to like right. copy it, but like there's definitely an inkling of like oh this like lo-fi hip hop thing what worked really well for the score in that and like to see it come up again in a movie that is stylistically similar is not surprising to me, but I, but I liked it. I Fair. liked
0: it. I, I, I like that it, to me, it connected them to the location. You yeah, know, it, it's agree. New York City. I, yeah. I, I like that it kind of fit that. And they were just great choices of songs throughout there. I mean, Tribe Called Quest, right. De yeah. La Soul, I mean, um, Busta Rhymes. There, There's just some greats in, in there. What's going on used two or three different ways. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Not hip hop, but that was fun. Right. And, and even bringing back the Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Uh, Ninja, Ninja, Ra- Ninja rap. Go Ninja yeah. Go.
1: I, come on. <laughs> These guys know how to do callbacks. <laughs> you are saying, Tyler, with left-handed knives. And by the way, I meant to say at the top, follow Left-Handed Knives on all the social media. You can find them there. Uh, y'all should do a ninja rap, go, oh. ninja go <laughs> cover sometime. Should. I just be- saw
2: Vanilla Ice. I should have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did oh, you did go, you go? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I went. See,
1: I, um, I'm writing it down. <laughs> I couldn't find anybody who, who was excited to be, be going to that. I would have so. gone with you okay, okay. Uh, I thought the action was great for, you know an animated film but the action yeah. was great it was non-stop I thought the humor worked most of the time that milking gag mm-hmm. that kept coming and then <laughs> really had a payoff I, I and, I, and hearing, hearing Jackie Chan talk about milking yeah. was it, mm-hmm. yeah. I was about to say Jackie Chan and Ice Cube yes, I haven't talked yes. about the whole cast but to me those are the two standouts Ice, oh. Ice Cube is the big baddie uh, Superfly it yeah. was a mutated fly and Jackie Chan, of course, is Splinter, the father figure of the Turtles, a rat. Don't use that word that way. Um, they were great. They were great. Because yes. you could – it took me a while to go – I know that's Jackie Chan, but I, he, he superseded any expectations I had of his yeah. ability to do this. Yeah. Oh, no. Is it? Was, it I, I thought he was a fantastic choice.
0: And I got to shout out to Io Edibiri, uh, who's having, what, an incredible yeah. year? Mm-hmm. I mean – I just, and maybe I'll bring it up on After Hours, finished uh, season two of The Bear, and she was fantastic in that. There's a movie theater camp out that we don't have playing here, but uh-huh. I've been hearing good things about that, uh-huh. and I really want to check that out. And I'm really excited. I already have advanced screening tickets for uh, Bottoms that's coming up pretty soon. So she's like, and she's the April April O'Neil in this film. I too have tickets for the advanced screening of Bottoms, Very so nice. I
1: imagine that people might... uh hear a beer in a movie uh, take on that. You said it, Tyler. I liked the teenager element of it. I liked that the turtles had the same problems that the human teenagers did, and that was their ability to connect with April, that they both were outcasts, that they both had... uh, And speaking of April and why she was outcast kind of socially, the vomit scene and then the (laughs) remix and then the emojis added, too. Uh, She has some stage fright while she's trying to do a... In class journalism thing for the entire school, and she throws up and it just shows it over and over and over again. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, Seth Rogen and Adam Goldberg, that was their joke. You know, that was that vomit over and over was definitely there's definitely some,
0: some fun body humor in there, right? They talk about a cockroach floating on a turd right. down in the sewer like i mean there, there's right the like humor th- mostly was, worked for. there me. was that just be. enough of the sort of you know sort of decadent potty sure. humor right. in there
2: i don't think they go overboard but, but it's playing to like teenagers that's what i mean like this movie has the teenage cast they're actually being teenagers in the movie and yeah a 13 year old's probably gonna think that's funnier than i do well, for know? sure for sure <laughs> honestly one of the funniest jokes which was probably meant for you know people our age April O'Neil is uh, frantically like flipping through her notebook, trying to act real cool about like, you know, she doesn't, she hasn't even been thinking about the turtles. And one of the written, one of the written things on her notebook was, did you start COVID? Which I, to ask the turtles, which I, I laughed out loud at. Okay, (laughs) But like, but no, again, no 13 year olds like, oh man, let me see how many of those I can read real quick. Right. So yeah, yeah they're, Hannibal they're Burris,
1: Rose Byrne, John Cena, yeah. Giancarlo Esposito, yeah, Post and, uh, Malone, Buster, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, Baxter. Maya Rudolph, a lot of them disguising their voices in a way where you can't even recognize who they are. Seth Rogen, you hear his voice and you know, that same <laughs> right. And Paul Rudd. I'll, I'll talk about character. that more in sausage part. <laughs> I knew the character Paul Rudd was playing, but many times his voice was almost masked. You know, it's yeah. like friends coming right. together to make this cool little movie. I,
2: I enjoyed this movie very much and I would definitely recommend it. Did you see the introducing Paul Rudd card? Yes. at the end? I thought that was really funny. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I
0: didn't, I didn't notice that. Oh, and that's, introducing Paul Rudd yeah. as. So you know, Mondo Gecko. And
1: then there so was, uh, we mentioned a spoiler, but I guess, Putting the finer point on it, there was a mid-credit sequence, which sets up the idea for a sequel, where Splinter, who we don't see in this True. film, right. comes and I imagine that's what we're going to see in part two. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Paramount
2: Plus is going to do a series as right. well. Right, and I think that's so. where the high school, so the part that I was kind of th- thought that the movie was going to be about. The Paramount Plus, from what I understand, um, the show is going to be them in the them high school, as high schoolers. which going to bridge the gap, I think, to the sequel. That's cool. Yeah, so there's supposed to be two seasons of it. That are I can imagine
0: that, that. That makes sense as a uh, a new take on a turtle series. Right. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, this was a fun one. was fun. Mean, it was yeah, fun. I I I, yeah. I think this is a perfect like late summer hey what what, what's good this this doesn't feel like uh wait was it august that it came yeah it was august that it came out Mm -hmm. it didn't it doesn't feel like an august throwaway you know what i mean a lot of stuff gets pushed into august where it's like eh, it might not quite but this one really delivered and and i and i feel like uh anybody who has any affection for the iterations of the turtles that have come before i
1: think is going to find something really exciting here you know david All the iterations of ingenious brewing that we've had before, Uh I think if they're not batting a thousand, they're really
0: close. They're close. I think they might have had one that we were kind of questionable about, but you're right. Very
1: high record of success. So we're back for this uh, juicy New England style oak cream double IPA, double dry hopped with Citra, Equinauts, and Vic Secret hops. It's called Mutagen. Mutagen. should be Mutagen,
2: but (laughs) Mutagen. Hazy IPA. What do you guys think? Well, I like that it's almost green. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) they do. Right. I mean, it's it's definitely one of those. uh, It's a hazy. Mm -hmm. And but you're right. They push it to a point where it almost has that. I'm glad they didn't put the green dye in, though. I think a lot of brewers
1: and ingenious. That's something they probably had a meeting about and decided not to do because they like to get weird sometimes. Mm -hmm. But that, that it's off putting for me sometimes. Yeah. But when you were, you know,
0: reading the ingredients and having the oats in there, I'm getting that this is yeah, this is a pretty full body, silky, yeah, silky, goes down real easy. It's a double, right? So it's eight point two. See this, mm-hmm. you got to be careful with these. The, yeah. the, you could you could throw a can of this back and not even realize it. Um, that you've had the favorite. equivalent of two <laughs> Well, that's Coors right. I mean I, exactly. like'm I'm, I'm just pounding these beers that delicious, delicious beer, but deceptive in, in, in certain ways, like mutagen, right? I mean, you, it looks like this fun glowing substance. it couldn't possibly harm you. Well, you watch out. But then again, I guess how do we feel about mutagen if it's what created the turtles, then I guess we should celebrate the mutagen secret of the ooze. Yeah, (laughs) we like to call it ooze that was another good joke in this one there i thought that worked sorry i'm
1: just writing down the title of the episode (laughs) okay so when we return we're gonna get right into our second film second beer and then at the end of the episode we'll review this left-handed knives ipa from b&j's can't wait when we come back (laughs) back
0: oh gosh fun to fun to come back into uh the second half of the episode again i mean almost exciting as starting a new episode uh at at this point picking up another film another beer but before we get there joe i know you wanted to ask tyler
2: well i'm just curious how when did you guys put the band together left-handed um october of 2020 so height of pandemic wow yeah yeah wow. <laughs> it was kind of all it was not intended to be that way we'd always it kind of the idea had been floating around for a little bit but we finally got together had
0: had, had the members of left-handed knives played together in bands in any configuration before uh, this
2: yeah it, actually in a couple different ways over the years um uh, super green this is going back to like 20, 2006 and 7 or so but super green um Urban Pipeline, 7th uh, generation they're all, it was kind of the reggae rock white boy reggae rock days okay um okay. yeah that was all, kind of like a lot of what they were what they're in at those times
1: but we all have mutual
2: uh you know background and love for the music we do now which is pretty cool well, nice. I'm
1: slow drinking my left-handed knives but my other glass David is 100% empty
2: we need beer in
1: that glass
2: Please. yeah
0: um well well for that we are going to revisit another brewery uh in in our uh, home state of Texas here that uh we we have seen before not anywhere close uh to as many times as ingenious but but it's getting up there right so this is you said this is our seventh 7th seventh, seventh time 7th seventh time visiting 903 brewers um they come to us out of sherman texas and the beer that we have for this second half of the episode is called dad's pool party slushy it is a berliner weisse style ale with pineapple coconut peach lime and edible glitter. Um, <laughs> That's my favorite type of glitter. <laughs> so yeah, if you're going to put it in a beer, have it be edible. Um, so, so this is going to be uh, exciting to get into our glasses. I'll just read the instructions first, guys, though. It's keep this beer cold. I think we've successfully done that. Step two, turn over once before serving to redistribute the fruit. Three, drink fresh, and four, enjoy and repeat with... Uh, uh, you know, the next flavor. So uh, I'm going to roll mine. You guys have already kind of gone through the process. Is it, is it pouring pretty thick? Is it? It's uh, very thick. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. I'm not seeing a ton of glitter, but let me just read this again. Pineapple, coconut, peach. Oh, lime. I see the glitter. Been a while since we've had one of these uh, smoothie slushy sour
0: yeah. ales. It it, it it was a trend for a little while. It seemed to have died down, but I saw this show up in the uh, oop Cooler. Uh, the other day and very very
1: floral nose as you'd oh, expect. I yeah. thought,
0: the, thought the, with the name it would be a good pairing for this second film.
2: Pineapple, pineapple,
1: pineapple? big time, yeah, a little yeah. bit of coconut. Mm. Okay, this is interesting one. It's very thick. This is mm. it's it, it is completely opaque and you can see that there's not chunks. Oh, I see the glitter. Yeah, I definitely I see, see the glitter. If you look especially oh, on the gosh. surface, look look on the surface as that carbonation's popping, you can really see
2: it. It almost tastes like a mimosa. What kind of pool party is this exactly for a dad? (laughs) Yeah, Should dads be allowed to have a pool party this decadent? I don't know.
0: Actually, maybe I do want to hang
1: with those dads. That's interesting.
0: (laughs) Well, as a dad uh, and and as somebody who likes to party, Joe, what
1: film do we have? If we had uh, seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before... We picked the pairing. Ferris Bueller's Day Off would have been a great pick. Oh, that would have been. A, yeah. If I had realized that was a we prominent. Didn't, yeah, yeah. We didn't mean, I was intending on mentioning, but we didn't that uh, the, the turtles go out for groceries often and then they sneak off and do a human thing in the shadows. And one of the things they did was an outdoor movie in Brooklyn that turned out to be the live action of, right. of Ferris Bueller's. It wasn't animated the way no. that the film was. And it made me want to see that movie again. And I saw <laughs> it with uh, my daughter, Savannah, our guest, two weeks ago. And I said, uh, have you seen that one? She hadn't. So oh, that's wow. a problem that needs to be solved. Yeah, <laughs> but we did what it can only obvious pick, an animated film that uh, has got Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogan's fingerprints all over it. And that is Sausage Party from 2016. Yeah. Directed by Conrad Vernon and Greg Tiernan. Written by Kyle Hunter, Ariel Schaefer, Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg. From a story that is from Seth and Evan and Jonah Hill. Yeah. Um, The film follows a sausage. He calls himself a sausage. He self-identifies as a sausage. I would call him a hot dog. He, He does look like a hot dog, yeah. Because he's in a hot dog package. Yeah. Who is next to the buns. Packages, mm-hmm. And he's in love with a bun in the other package. That's Seth Rogen's character, Frank. Uh, it's Seth Rogen, Christa- Kristen Wiig plays Brenda Bunsen in the uh, hot dog <laughs> bun. Jonah Hill, Bill Hader, Michael Sarah plays a deformed hot dog or sausage <laughs> in the same packet as uh, Seth Rogen. James Franco is in it as a human... Druggie, I yeah. guess, you know, like drug, drug That's, a, that's guy. literally his it, name I think is, that isn't. is yeah. the okay. character's name. Yeah. Danny McBride shows up for a minute. Uh, Craig Robinson. <laughs> Honey mustard, yeah. As Mr. Gritz, uh, who <laughs> they call me Mr. Gritz. <laughs> Paul Rudd, of course, is back. And then Nick Kroll playing douche. A douche. <laughs> Edward Norton is in this one. And Salma oh, Hayek, and, uh, according to Wikipedia, I'll just read this. As Teresa del Taco, a Mexican lesbian taco. <laughs> so, this fucking movie, is <laughs> it, got a shitload. Oh
0: yeah, of, no. If 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 you uh, were listening with children, you, best best get them off this podcast episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. It is very very rated R, and you can tell that they were striving to to be as rated R as they could be. Uh, probably probably pushing the boundaries of the MPAA. I, didn't, I had not read a story or anything about that, but I imagine they that I did, was, yeah. They were
0: threatened with an NC-17, or they were initially given an NC-17 until they removed the pubic hair from the scrotum of lavash. Oh, well, that the, makes sense. <laughs> that would have taken it over <laughs> the top but that's it's so funny that I yeah. mean because again this film has been 2016 it came out I didn't see it this is my first time seeing it oh but, is that right but oh. I'm not spoiling anything for anybody here to say it ends in like this ridiculous orgy, orgy. that the food have in, Everyone's in the supermarket right. Right. right and yeah you see Lavash's uh, scrotum pretty uh, you know. shaped thank yeah, god absolutely uh, that <laughs> yeah. would have been <laughs> yeah I, I mean come on it. Yeah. the
1: film follows uh, the hot dog Frank who lives in a supermarket and discovers the truth about what happens when groceries are purchased and like Toy Story when humans aren't looking they are fully you know what's that word anamorphic anthropomorphic that's what i meant to they, say they're pretty loose with that though yeah, yeah that's true yeah uh, frank goes on a journey with his friends to escape their fate while also facing a lunatic and malicious malicious douche who wants to <laughs> kill him it's so fucking <laughs> weird, stupid. Um, well, okay, it hold, is. Hold it on. Is, I, I, it is. I, I, let me just finish this. It grossed $141 million against, a, against a budget R-rated of 19. Uh, film. Yeah, it beat uh, South Park. What was uh, the budget again? Uh, 19. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Something. Uh, that, uh, South Park, bigger, longer, uncut, held the record for the high, highest grossing R-rated animated film for 17 years until it was usurped by by this film. Mm-hmm. Um, the TV series based on the film called Sausage Party Feud-topia, Foodtopia is set to be released in 2024. And I said, there's a lot of stupid here, but there's a fuckload of smart in this movie. Yeah. um, Yeah. In my opinion. Well,
0: I think, I think that's what kind of surprised me. Like I, I remember when this film came out and I think it was one of those situations of, uh, just probably so, my, you know, I had like a, a, what were they? Probably like five, six to like two, four year old. Like I just had young children and I feel like they probably were commanding more of my time and attention in a way that didn't allow me to sneak off for mm-hmm. a viewing of Sausage Party. But I remember wanting to see it. I mean, I, I've generally liked the humor of Seth Rogen sure. and uh, Evan Goldberg. I mean, I was a super bad fan. I, I've, I've liked stuff that they've, they've done since. Um, but uh but had never gotten around to it in part because I felt like okay well it's just going to be a bunch of really ridiculous over the top um gross out and sex jokes you know th- you know throughout the film which it definitely is that saying, it, were that you is wrong? that is no I wasn't <laughs> but I didn't think they were even going to bother to try to create a story about sort of identity and acceptance and work in stuff about Middle East, uh, you know, um, relations, Arab-Israeli conflict stuff that I know it's kind of tossed off and they're kind of joking about it, but it's actually kind of smart yeah. and perceptive. And well, I think makes some really interesting. Like it, so I'm just saying it went way deeper than I expected it. Like they sold me on the and idea that this is going to be, orgy scene. this is going to be ribald <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous jokes. And it, and it actually brought some meaningful thought
1: to it. It, In our part of the country, there is literally an aisle of the normal, like the big grocery store that says ethnic foods. Mm -hmm. And when you walk down that aisle, you're going to see food from all over the country, but just kind of crammed into one aisle because the soda takes a whole other aisle. And uh, by using (laughs) the ethnic foods or in the case of um, Craig Robinson's Mr. Grits, like, Being able to say that he hates crackers associated more with right. There's all kinds. I mean, they must have had so much fun just spitballing all of the potential, like walking through supermarkets. I have to imagine saying, "Well, of course the black grits guy hates the crackers, you know," and then the of course the bagel hates the falafel. Well, that's not a falafel; it's a pita. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, Um, but they both like hummus. Re- of course <laughs> uh religion belief in god warring country social schisms, yeah. schisms like uh drugs homosexuality i mean everything is fair game in this film and they tackle all of it
2: yeah first of all intelligently for you in your in your initial introduction to this movie you probably wouldn't think that's what it was going to be but yeah like to your point uh david like that's that's what i ended up liking about it was that yeah they're, they're hitting these notes they're actually making like digestible social commentary.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, I think partly by coding it, I'm sure they did sneak it in for for some viewers who were right. just like I'm I'll go for the for the uh you know dirty jokes. A wiener in a bun. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not really thinking about, okay, but this might actually provide some different unique perspective on what why it is that like these disagreements we have really you know where where are they rooted in, or like what what belief system? What's guiding our belief systems? I mean, the the whole premise here, right? I mean, like as the film opens up, you have, um, you know, when the store opens, when the supermarket opens, they all sing this song together, right? It's like it's almost it's like a a, a ritual experience yeah. that each it's like day, almost
1: like a church service. Yeah, like
0: a hymn exactly. Or, yeah. That proclaiming how excited they are about being selected by the gods, the humans, who will come to the store to be taken away to what they know to be the great beyond, right? Like this is going to be –
1: When you're purchased and leave the supermarket, you're going to heaven. Right. Right. Exactly. Basically. And for – uh, tell me this character again, Lavash. Yeah, he he's gonna be bathed. Which with, has a longer name. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm but he's to gonna remember, be yeah. uh, bathed in a thousand olive oil, uh, a seventy-seven oh, yeah. extra a virgin, virgin. <laughs> olive oil. You know. Um, you know, there's some sly, you know, mm. really well thought out humor there. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like, you you were saying that's the conceit of the film. There's well, so, so a you have this,
0: to, so this idea that, that that this whole supermarket's worth of food has been sort of brought up in this belief system that their ultimate destiny is to go on to the great beyond what they're thinking of is some sort of heaven mm-hmm. right that they're going to be taken to by the gods when in fact as we all know, they're going to be consumed with no... Uh, Boiled alive. Yeah. Sliced up, cut right. up, peeled, whatever it is. And there are some in the supermarket who kind of know the truth, right? The liquor aisle is mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. down. Bill Hader playing <laughs> yeah. fire water. Yeah. Right. Um, you, <laughs> so, you know, you have those who are in Honey Mustard who's kind of that, you know, emissary who goes out but then comes back because he's returned. They they wanted just regular mustard but yeah, they picked up Honey instead. And who so commits gonna-
1: suicide. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Rather than go back right like he jumps out of the cart or off of the shelf i can't remember to kill himself rather than to witness again what he has already seen but then
0: it's really smart and like okay so they all have this like shared belief system but then like with the lavash and the very they all have particular versions of it that they've created to like that suits their little segment of the aisle that they happen to exist Mm in i mean it's such a little microcosm that shows you Oh, this is what we do as humans, right? Like we we get this vague idea of what's happening and then we get so committed to it and then we get so deeply rooted in it and like even a slight variation becomes the grounds for like a, you know, sort of mortal enemy to form. It's so smart (laughs) about how it translates that to the idea of these different foods, uh, you know, arrayed throughout this store who
2: have this particular belief system that they have. Going back to Honey Mustard uh, committing suicide, I guess, uh, I really which is like, kind of like the only uh, – correct me if I'm wrong if I'll notice anything else, but uh, they kind of touch on this, like, Saving Private Ryan kind of moment where there's, like, the the battle scene that's all kind of, like, misty and gray. Yeah. And I just thought little touches like that, you know, calls to other things where – more funny and smart. Definitely. Know.
0: Yeah. Th- no, they they had some really, really funny little references. But you're right. The Saving Private Ryan one, that, that, was, that was nice. The, you know, you mentioned it already, you know, the, the voice talent here. I think, again, like with the last one, like they do a great job. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, they know a lot of people and they can pull
1: them into mm-hmm. their projects or, you know, I think. I think that if you attached, give this script to someone, if they have a sense of humor. Yeah. And you can say, and, and Salma Hayek is going to be in it too. And Ed Norton. The, well, I was yeah. like thinking of Ed Norton being pitch. Ed Norton's like, okay, I'm going to play a, um, a a bagel yeah. with a very thick, Jew- neurotic Jewish accent. Right. Yeah. Almost like a Woody Allen. Yeah. yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And he's at war with, okay, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I'm down. I'm totally yeah. down. Right. And yeah. I get to curse and I get yeah. to, you
0: know, it's... For, for me, though, the, I have to give the MB, MVP award here to Nick Kroll because... Okay, go ahead. I, yeah.
1: it, the, his, it's my his, least his, favorite character in the thing. Well, he's supposed to be. He's the I You didn't like that? I see them walking around the supermarket saying... That guy'd be a douche, and then they write that note down, and yeah. then they create a character from it. Yeah, I mean, that's how but, this thing. But, had but to I have think,
0: it, but Kroll is a douche, and and I love him playing. Yeah. you know the the character who has to fit Bro into as many different configurations right. as he possibly can. I was I was laughing at just anything that he said because I I I just love his version of like hyper masculinity. It's it's so ridiculous. Yeah,
2: have y'all seen a uh, Big Mouth?
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah.
2: he's like playing a male version of the character Lola from right. that show. And like, he's and even in even like the, like sketch stuff that he's done in the past. Like he's played this guy mm. before, you know? Oh, you know and yeah. And it was, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. I don't think looking at the casting, it was only eight. Was it was, it said 2016. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Eight years ago. I don't think that it could be cast that way. Now. I don't, yeah? I like, I think cause each Each person's playing on this very much of a stereotype who a lot of the cast are not of that... Oh, the well, like yeah, voicing uh, Bill Hader doing Ryan, Firewater.
1: Yeah. yeah, that that you're and right the, and the tequila. I think he's yeah. the tequila as well.
0: Yeah, I th- I, th- I think you, you were right uh, about that with a couple of them. A lot of them are aligned like Selma Hayek doing Teresa del Taco sure. Craig Robinson doing Mr. Grits there, you know, there are some that are aligned but there are some where they're kind of having people you're, well, you're they right. Would have, I think
2: they would
1: have found a place for Bill Hader but they might have got sure. a yeah, exactly. yeah, but they would shift him around. Well, I think
2: yeah. even the person playing the is, has like Jewish background as well. Which I think I, you might be right. I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. That, I, th- I think they would probably pay more attention to that now. I was. I mentioned David Crumholtz. The f- yeah. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah. I i mentioned in the first half of the episode Seth Rogen's voice, and I like Seth Rogen. I can take him in a lot of things. I found his voice a little bit too much because it's so present throughout this entire film. Like th- there were a couple moments where I felt like, "Jesus, I- shit, I wish." He- I wish he had cast somebody else as uh, Frank. You know, like to me, I, I was over his voice for like the last half
2: hour. Of yeah, it, almost. it did take me out of it a couple of times. too. he just that voice doesn't fit a little hot dog.
0: No, it's, it, you're right. I think it's partly mismatch of the character design and and who he is. But then, yeah, partly just it was such a big presence throughout the film and detached from him as a person. I don't know. So
1: it, it, that, it put me off a little me. bit. I mean, what I thought I got a little too much of was cursing. Cause I oh. I'll curse in my everyday yeah. life, but every other word is not fuck. And I get that. We're trying to push okay. the limits of R rated yeah. after a while. I was like, okay, they're just, they're just throwing expletives in to have more of them because we can. Mm. And I have a problem with some of Seth Rogen and, and Goldberg's films where there seems, there feels like there's some bloat. And while I can get on board with every positive thing we said about the film, and ultimately I would recommend anyone to see this that can handle this kind of R-rated material, it's a little bloated. Especially with the, like, they've got big fish to fry with taking the manager human, played by Paul Rudd, down. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also a second villain douche who pops up like pops up almost in like a screenplay point of okay we need to right. let, let's not forget so there was a little bit of bloat there the film's not super long I love him getting juiced though I guess get- <laughs> right yeah. juiced bro yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a thing I'm laughing as you I, remind me I, I hear what you're saying I
0: think I I didn't feel particularly like it was bloated I mean really especially with the credits taken out I mean it's under ninety minutes sure. So I was going to say, if you
1: reduce it by 10, now you have an 80-minute film, and that's almost like not long but enough.
0: I, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, they, there's there's maybe something there that they, they could have – they certainly expand the cast of characters pretty ridiculously throughout the film, in part to make these little kind of side jokes here and there. Maybe they could have held back on some of that, but I but I liked most of it. <laughs> Where I, I think, have my biggest criticism... I I like this film. It, it's good. I it, I think anybody who Did likes... Did you and Aaron
1: watch it together? No, I okay. watched it on my own. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. Were I don't you, know if this... Was the Gurney laugh in full effect when it, you're by it was, yourself? It was
0: pretty close, which is probably, I'm realizing... As annoying as the Rogan laugh to, to many people, which, hey, what am I going to do? Uh, <laughs> I've never said the word annoying. I love you. I'm so glad you're Thank back. Thank you. Uh, but but uh, where I was going with it was the animation style here. We were talking about that mm-hmm. with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This, I think, suffers a tiny bit because to me it looks slavishly trying to emulate the Pixar style, but with such a lower budget... And an inferior, like, in fact, what was it? It was like Nitrogen Studios, which was this like Canadian firm that did the picture for them with Mm -hmm. the the animation. And after the fact, they actually ended up getting sued by a bunch of the animators because uh, they were saying that they were forced to work over to unpaid overtime Mm -hmm. on the project or else they were. to. And anyone that like. Like Whistle Blue got yeah. thrown off the yeah, credits. Yeah, Nitrogen Studios. So so this one, like as much as 2016 was a few years ago, to me this looks like a film that was made 20, 2003. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it looks like – a studio trying to capture what Toy Story and some of those early Pixar films are. Well, well, they definitely doing.
1: are. I, I mean, to me, it's a satire of all of the Pixar For films sure. that we were right. talking about. Like, oh, you want to eyes uh toys? Watch what we can do and,
2: you know, take it to this dirty place. I did feel have a similar feeling, though. Like, it was like the... DVD bin, you know, straight straight to straight to video. Right.
0: right. Like the VeggieTales Mm -hmm. thing. It was was like a notch better than that. you said VeggieTales
1: and everything you just said clicked for me because now I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's there, but it's not. It was good enough to be
0: good, and yeah. but not any more than that. So I'm hoping that with Amazon, who's who's uh, bankrolling this effort, I believe the, the series the that they're series going to do that. Maybe, I, and I I can't imagine they're going back to nitrogen mm-hmm. after the <laughs> after the fallout w- when they got sued and everything. So I'm hoping that maybe whoever is going to be animating this new series version of it is maybe a step
2: above. Yeah, I'm just surprised they're actually going to do a series of it. Okay, well, later. I wanted to talk about this. Okay. So
1: after the whole movie, there's this new weird meta part. The movie's over. Yeah. All right. Let's go back. And, uh, I'm Firewater and come back with me. I'm going to show you Stargate. We are all, uh, this is all a ruse. Yeah. You are voiced by an actor, Seth Rogen. You see yeah. Seth Rogen's actual face. Yeah. Um, do they have Bill Hader's face as well? I am voiced by was, uh, Edward Norton. Edward yeah, Norton's yeah. face. So let's go into the real world where these actors are. And they go into a Stargate, through a Stargate, and that's like setting up a sequel of sorts yeah. that never got made. Or maybe that's what this series
2: is going to be. I have yeah. to
0: think that the series is maybe going to pursue that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I know that one of the, uh, one of the original the original ending they had imagined for it was uh, the the actual voice actors themselves sitting down and eating all of the food that they. <laughs> that, see, that I they would had. have
1: liked that more. If you have to have a meta moment, I thought right. that I thought that part while I chuckled was completely not necessary. And we haven't talked about the orgy. <laughs> because <laughs> we kind of skipped right past. Yeah. It, they they se- well, we
0: to- we, I, we, did talk we, we did, didn't talk yeah, about the We didn't talk about the
1: bath salts. You know, no, which yeah. was just a weird, uh, weird
2: way to take down the humans. The uh, yeah. bath salts. Well, I thought a, that, was that was a so pocket of time something. too. These bath salts. Yeah. yeah you're right. I was like, right. oh, that's, that that kind of dates this in a weird way. It, yeah. d- I, you are right. That
0: was like the the early to mid 2010s. When you're
1: high on bath salts, you see the Toy Story effect in in effect. Right. You see that these are human-ish, what's the word I'm trying to say? I anthropomorphized, yeah. You, you, you try to say it with such like uh, uh, authority as yeah. if I'm an idiot for not knowing. No, and, it, and, and,
0: I understand it's not a like common word that you're going to say all the time. Oh, Anthropomorphic. Such an anthropomorphized. I wish you never
1: came back. Okay. Um, <laughs> the orgy. They celebrate their success with an orgy where everyone has sex with everyone. And my favorite line is um... Brenda the bun thinks that Frank the hot dog is uh, uh, delivering oral sex and yeah. she looks down and it's actually Selma Teresa Hayek Teresa Del Taco and yeah. what does she say once you go
2: taco you never, you never go, go baco. baco that was actually improv
1: <laughs> oh my
0: god that was it was just uh, Selma Hayek so she did a great job too so yeah.
1: over the top that your jaw's on the floor and you're yeah. just and you're laughing but your mouth isn't moving because your jaw's on the floor it was yeah I, I thought it was so funny and, yeah. and just long enough like you know like a Frank yeah right yeah
0: five inches to fill that bun is all that it
2: takes okay i want to write that down for after hours <laughs> I was uh, about that that orgy scene I was looking the going back to the NC-17 thing like that was about supposed to be about a three minute longer of a sequence and oh, intentionally really? so okay. yeah so because basically like we're going to put it all our eggs in this basket basket so they're obviously going to cut from this so we can so cut that we can now, kind of keep yeah. all of this to you know this, right. this is tame now compared and that's to a this. very
1: common trick right. actually that filmmakers will do to make it dirtier than they want it to so that when the mpa
2: does come back they cut things they don't know right. that they have to and the, the only note they got was the pubic hair and just for time they cut the three minutes which ends up becoming like at the very end of that sequence there's like Eight or nine, like little flashes of like Polaroid kind of looking things. Yeah. And those became like, you know, where they cut the from the funniest three minutes, just right, the stills from right, that. Right.
1: Oh, that's funny. I, I wonder, having rewatched this, if I'll put a hot dog into a bun without thinking about it in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you'll get there, but probably the next few
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> will <we'll> definitely. <laughs> And also, did you notice? And this is just, you know, um, that Brenda's mouth is vertical. Yes. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. Not Rather than horizontal, the way a human mouth is. Everyone yeah. else's mouth in the whole thing, but hers is right along the bun.
0: Yeah.
1: Whew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you you
0: you seem exhausted. I loved oh, it. Depleted. All I loved right. it, wow. but a little bloated. But I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what
1: I also love David. This dad's pool party slushy. Do you love it? Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I'm not a pineapple I, you guy. You know,
0: I, I'm, I'm digging it, but it, it's funny because I it, I said that before we started drinking it. Like it was, it, There was a moment where I feel like we were having these slushy smoothie yeah. sours every other episode, but it's been a while and I was mm-hmm. kind of worried like, okay, am I over that? Because that, I feel like I did reach a point of saturation with it, but I've been away
1: so long. I'm actually really enjoying this too. Tyler, I, I don't know your beer drinking kind of... Mm-hmm. Situation. Where you are, yeah. Do, is this a thing that you would have
2: stumbled across in your normal life prior to today? So my my beer drinking situation is that I'm not really too picky. I mean, I have I like what I like, but I'm not going to turn something down to try it. You know, sure. So but this is not something I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get a six pack of dad's pool party slushy. Right. <laughs> um, You're going to take this to the band meeting right, yeah. to impress the guys. Yeah. Um, it's got glitter. It's, it's a one and done kind of for me. Well, I mean, I would have it again in the future, but it's just like a. It's a. I'll drink a can of it, and yeah. we'll probably move on to. This is else. this isn't something
0: you're going to seek out, but it's something that if other people have it, like yeah, yeah, yeah sure, I'll sure. take one of those. Or if, if
2: it's pitched to me at a bar, hey, try our pineapple glitter beer. Yeah. Cool, Okay. It's why called dads. So right. It's, you yeah. Know, it's got a. Eh. I want to talk about the glitter of this. If you're trying to
1: create a flavor profile and you're going to add pineapple, coconut, peach, and lime, I'm totally with you. Right. To add the glitter. It is a hundred percent gimmick. It's not changing the taste. It's right. barely changing the oh, appearance. Yeah. It's just Dad's pool party is going to have glitter. I mean, you know, that's what we're going for here with the canter right. and everything else. I'm not saying that I mind it. Mm-hmm. It is just superfluous. I mean, it is. Yeah. It is just uh, going to increase the cost of the beer. Yeah. Uh, from the cost point of view, I don't know if they pass that along. I'm sure that they do. I'm not a fan of it, and I can't exactly put my finger on why, except to say that you really are giving me a huge gimmick. I don't blame 903.
2: It doesn't downgrade the beer for me at all. I just felt like I had to be said. The glitter makes me think like dad's pool party might have like, a stripper show up, but the can art looks like it's his two children behind him, right. in the pool. It's it's very so much a cartoon. I, I'm actually kind of—I mean, I don't really know. How but I'm, look at
1: his hat. I, I, I mean, clearly he doesn't well, mind. And I'm, and I'm realizing a, it's a man on the hat.
0: This says it's done. Is that a man? I, figured, yes. I
2: thought that was just a traditional uh, mud flap no. Playboy girl. Pull out your magnifying <laughs> glass. That's that's a man <laughs> in a cowboy hat.
0: I, I should have uh looked this up earlier, but I'm seeing it's a collaboration with our friends in the Suburban Dads Club. Suburban, like as in bourbon, the drink. Suburban. Oh well, this is the Suburban Dad's Club. Is the man in the cowboy hat that looks like the mud? Yeah. But apparently they are a club of dads who do some barbecuing and like uh, they're hanging out at nine oh three. They, they must be a group that like hangs out at the brewery and
1: stuff. It's uh, it's
0: interesting. Yeah, right.
1: This yields a lot of questions. I'm gonna look this up and maybe maybe we'll add that to our seven hour after hours Well the, have the Suburban
0: Dads Club looks like a sausage party to me. <laughs> and fan, that was, just, that <laughs> was great. How,
1: how much better could this Fantastic. be? Fantastic. Yeah. Perfect tie-in. <laughs> Suburban Dads Club, we we love you. <laughs> but is there bl- glitter in their bourbon? Oh,
2: that <laughs> that <sounds laughs> that's something like, I've never seen, actually. I,
1: I, don't, I hope they don't do
2: that.
0: <laughs>
1: no, bur- bourbon that. is pure. Your, BYOG. Uh, no, but before we go, we've got to talk about this left-handed knives from our local brewery, B&J's Brew Pub. I have had this before, mm-hmm. I, I, will, I will say, or
0: at least Guilty. a version of it. So, yeah. Though, as Tyler mentioned, this is a new recipe that, uh, that the, the current brewer has put together. I think it's a solid IPA.
2: I, I
1: do, too. Uh, and I said I would talk about it in after hours, but I'll just go ahead and say it now. B&J's, their stock, it has risen in the mm-hmm. last six months, eight months. Uh, I My new place is right across the street from the brew pub. I know, right? I find myself over there. I don't want to say t- often. I mean, I, more often.
2: How's this? I'll say I'm there probably four days a week. Are you really? Well, been, yeah, I live two minutes away. So. Okay,
1: and you said you were going to call me, and okay. Uh, yeah. I, no, it's oh. cool. <laughs> I've been out of town. It's all right. But I, I, I agree. I agree. I, their strawberry potte potte is a town in South Texas known for its strawberry production, and they did a strawberry VIX every single year using these potte strawberries. And this year's batch was, oh, I'm going to say, excellent. It mm. was really fantastic. This beer is gr- is great. It's a nice, solid textbook IPA, and I would be honored to have my name on this if I was a band.
2: I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if, what if it sucked? Right. What if it yeah. sucked? Well, that was the other thing too. Like, yeah, the joke of the name we liked, but we wouldn't have they named our band that if uh, we mm-hmm. thought the beer wasn't good. So, yeah, it was, it's it's one of, if not my favorite local IPA. Oh my god, what an episode!
0: Well it has it, been a lot of fun because we had this first time guest who who was just a phenomenal guest with oh, us. Well, thank
1: hey, you. C- Closure is Tyler. Okay. Do, do you want to have him back?
0: I hope he wants to come okay, back. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I thought we should.
1: Yeah. Um, we, we give okay. Us
0: sidebars. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe when we do our next, uh, you know, uh, music film or something, we can have Ooh, a, uh, like know, this idea. A bona fide local musician, uh, talking about it with us. But, but you can talk about it with us too, because the best thing about beer in a movie is that the conversation does not end here. No. You can find us on all forms of social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Did, did you start a Threads account,
1: Joe? Not yet. Okay. Well, th- that th- I don't know how. I don't know what it is. He's still, the yeah. Kids, I asked the kids when they were with our guests a couple weeks ago, and they weren't into it. No, they're not. They're they said, not don't do it. Okay, so yeah. they're they're oh, still wow. on X. They're they're, yeah. they're doing the X they're, thing. They're X.
0: My son is big on X. Oh, wow. Okay. He's sticking with it. All yeah. right. Uh, well, y- you can find us around and you can go to our website, beerinamoviepodcast.com for some nice curated list of our episodes, as well as the link to our tea Public store where you can find various forms of merch. You can also join our chat on Discord under the name Beer in a Movie. The conversation continues. If you have any trouble finding us, just hit us up on those other platforms and we'll give you an invite. We've also mentioned that we're going to extend this conversation ourselves and our Patreon subscriber-only after-hours bonus episode. Please sign up at patreon.com slash podcast. And we know you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, but before you leave, won't you please rate us and leave a review? Hope you'll make it five stars so that the algorithm can do what it do and put us out there as an option for more listeners. You've just experienced another supremely... Uh, mutated uh, mm-hmm. m- sausage party. Sausage party <laughs> <laughs> episode of beer in a movie.
1: I, literally just
0: until next time. I'm filling
1: you. I'm filling you. I'm blowing my fucking load. That, that was my, <laughs> oh my God. that was my Seth Rogen impersonation. Yeah yeah you, you did pretty well <laughs> uh, horrible.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'll be